and welcome to The Solve Network. My name is Shane Borza, and I'll be your host. Along with my co-founder, Benjamin Goss, we'd like to welcome you. Our mission is to provide solutions and create a network of experts for you to learn from. Now, this show is a little different than most podcasts, as it is actually a live call held twice a month. If you can, please join us on the first and third Thursday of each month so you can get your questions answered live and direct from the experts themselves. If you're an expert, please contact me at shaneborza.com so you can be a part of the network. And now, here's our show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another guest expert call with the Solve Network. As a quick introduction, my name is Shane. I'm one of the hosts, along with my co-founder, Benjamin. And we'd like to welcome you to this continuing series where we like to have experts in different areas and different industries come on and present their knowledge or their skill set so that we can all learn from them and also solve the connection problem that a lot of us have. As a reminder, these calls are the first and third Thursday of every month. And tonight we have an amazing guest expert, Kari Wick from Inner Peace Coaching. And Kari is a certified and leadership coach. She, like a lot of coaches, she could do everything. She has a lot of background that overlaps. She's in a accredited coach training program with the International Coach Federation at the PCC level. She has a master's degree in teaching with honors. And she's also a yoga, yoga teacher and a meditation teacher. So I think all those things are going to come together well, especially today, because she's going to talk about the monkey mind and how to understand the nature of your mind. Hi, I'm Shane Borza, a climber, creator, and coach, and I want you to build the skill of health and fitness. My new course is a priceless gift to you, and it's available exclusively on PonoQuest.com. That's P-O-N-O-Quest.com. Build the Skill is a minimalistic, functional, real-world fitness program, which can help you to move better and get stronger faster. I can't wait for you to check it out. And when you do, please let me know how it helps you. That's build the skill at PonoQuest.com. So I'm really excited to have Kari here, and I can't wait for us to dive in and learn all about the monkey mind that we all have. So take it away, Kari. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have the agenda attached and I'm sure Shane will include that with his notes and everything. So if you want to follow along or if you just want to sit back and listen to this, however it works for you. Um, one of the things I always like to start my presentations with and start my coaching calls with, I was telling Shane before we started, um, I went through the PCC certification last year with the new core competencies and markers. And one of the important things is to set the agenda and partner with the client of what they're hoping to get out of the coaching relationship, the call. So I always, and I love working with the powers of intention. So one of the things I'd like you just to think about now, if you want to jot down some notes or put anything in the chat, you can. Um, what are your intentions for coming tonight? What are you hoping to get out of the presentation? Do you have a name for your monkey mind? Have you never heard this word before? Anything that comes up. And I also like to, um, if there's any burning questions, <laughs> I probably won't answer any of them now, but I like to give our monkey minds a chance 
to kind of purge anything that's like sitting right there that will stop you from listening and being as present as you can. So one of the things that um, Coach for Life trained me from the very beginning to do at the beginning of my calls is ask my clients, is there anything you need to do or say to clear yourself so that you can be really present for the call? And again, you can throw it up in the chat, you can write a note, you can, you know, now um, in the beginning, back in 2003, when I started yoga and meditation, especially for the first six months, um, I would have to like have a piece of paper before I would go to bed um, and next to my yoga mat and before I would meditate because there was just so much crap that um, it was up there and stuff. Again, now with all the years of training I have, I can just tell my monkey mind, okay, the grocery list can wait for tomorrow. Don't worry about this that you didn't do, you know, and just put it behind you. But one of the, this is a little preview of some of the tools and techniques and everything coming. Um, but one of them is to, if you, you know, can't wait or you haven't had enough training with your monkey mind to just go ahead and write it down or just say it out loud. And sometimes just doing that, it, the monkey mind, I like to tell people in and of itself is like a child. They're lovely and wonderful and can be so annoying, <laughs> but sometimes, oh, we're like my dog right now. And sometimes all it takes is just a, I hear ya. We're not doing that now. And um, then you can move on and stuff. So those are a couple of things before um, we get started and stuff. And then I want to take us right into before I talk too much about what the monkey mind is, you know, that kind of thing. I want to give you an experience of your monkey mind because it doesn't really help to hear what my monkey mind is. You don't need to worry about that or what the Buddhists say about monkey mind and stuff too. So a couple of things to keep in mind tonight is if you can cut out as many distractions or at least limit your distractions, put your phone in another room, um, turn everything off on your computer except for this um, Zoom meeting, anything like that. And when I start the connection, uh, the uh, connection and everything next, I'm going to turn off my video. I encourage you as well, because that's also another preview of how to kind of start to tame your monkey mind is close your eyes and really minimize the visual distractions because there's so um, much junk that comes in through what we think we see and what the monkey mind will make of it. So, um, and um, the, I always tell people whether I'm teaching them yoga or coaching them, the most important thing is to just show up and to be as kind and gentle with yourself as you can, especially if this is your first experience working with your monkey mind. It can be uh, when you start to tune into all that crap that's unconsciously been running around behind the scenes and controlling. It's like before um, Dorothy, before Toto pulled away the curtain uh, for the Wizard of Oz, you think it's your monkey mind is this big and at times it feels like this big fire breathing head and you realize in its essence, it's just a cute little old man that, you know, sometimes makes a lot of noise. Um, everything we do here this evening is kid and family friendly. So if you have happy pets or dogs, that's uh, kids, that's fine too. And as my yoga teacher, 
still constantly reminds me just because it's simple, it doesn't mean it's easy. So I'm gonna turn off my video and invite you if you would like to do the same. And I'm gonna take you through just a little couple minute connection and technique to, to recognize and start to shut off or at least turn down um, your monkey mind and everything. So just take a couple of deep breaths, whatever that means to you. We're gonna do an experience next um, uh, where I teach you the, a better way to breathe. But for right now, just breathe however is comfortable to you. And I want you to gently start to open yourself up on the inside. Yoga and meditation is just as much mental as it is physical. And I want you to start to pull away from that thinking part of yourself, which in the East they call monkey mind. It's left brain thinking, it's judgmental, it's critical, it's problem solving thinking. And while this can be a great thing to have, it's not meant to be our normal state of mind all the time. It's kind of negative, it's always searching for problems, and even if it doesn't find a problem, well, it thinks that's the problem. So you can see what kind of mess it can get you into if you think this is the only way to be aware and to live your life. Focus on the chatter in your head and try to pull away enough to notice. And on a scale from one to 10, see how active your chatter, your monkey mind chatter is. 10 end of the scale, it's out of control, thoughts are running through your head like a freight train, you can hardly settle down or pay attention to what I'm saying. On the one end of the scale, the lower end of the scale, you are pretty comfortable and a sense of release is already coming. Either way is fine that you notice. The idea is to pull away to notice it at all. And once you become aware of this monkey mind, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, it doesn't run the show behind the scenes anymore. Again, like I said, it's like pull, it's like Toto pulling back the curtain on the Wizard of Oz. You realize it's not all that scary. This is a big deal here. You become more aware of it and therefore become less reactive to it, which is of course what monkey mind wants and depends on. It's these old habit patterns that we formed and we've been programmed to live by. But as you become more aware of them, you become less susceptible to them. So just breathe and pull yourself away enough from the chatter in your head to notice on a scale from one to 10 what's going on inside you. As you do this, you start to notice a part of you inside opens up and feels better. This is what I want you to go towards now. And here's a wonderful technique, a little visualization to help you further make this transition and switch from focusing on thoughts in our head to more of what we are feeling. We are going to switch from left brain thinking, monkey mind thinking to more right brain input, wisdom mind. Imagine monkey mind as stuff from a radio station that you have been listening to inadvertently and it suddenly dawns on you, oh my gosh, I hate this radio station. And it also dawns on you that you have a choice and you can turn the radio off or turn the dial to something you prefer. 
you always have a choice. The same with your awareness on the inside of you. Think of a radio dial painted different colors and the volume goes from red all the way on the right side of the dial. This is monkey mind station to yellow, to orange, to yellow, to green in the middle, to blue, to indigo, purple, violet, and kind of white sparklies on the left side of the dial. In your mind's eye, you see yourself turning the dial to the left side. It's a gleeful thing. Oh my gosh, I can really do this for myself. You are tuning out that monkey mind hammering constant onslaught of thoughts, and you are gently focusing on what you feel here. Imagine the beautiful blues and purples and white sparkly on the left side of the dial. Just let it saturate your awareness. You can even roll your eyes from light to left in your head. You can also uh, imagine in your mind's eye reaching that dial and physically turning it to the left, or you can take your right or left hands and physically turn the dial to the left, whatever works for you right now. And it should feel good to do this, like you are coming home or embracing a long lost friend, your true self, your wisdom mind and you are gently shifting your focus from thoughts to feelings. You are shifting your internal focus away from an unbalanced way of awareness. Now, don't worry, you're not losing your ability to think here, by the way, you're just unplugging from that compulsion to think. That is the difference here, and that is why you feel so much, you can feel so much better when you do this. Right brain input is much more intuitive, fluid, creative, it's less concrete. And if you can tolerate a little bit more abstract type of awareness, you'll feel a lot of relief from monkey mind thinking. So just continue breathing and keep focusing on what you are feeling as we move through the rest of the talk here. And if you wanna gently open your eyes back up, you can turn back on your video if you want, or you can leave it off as well. Welcome back. Do you want to share anything, Shane, on how that was for you? I always like to give everybody a, a chance to kind of debrief. That's the power when you reflect on uh, the experience. Yeah, I think the way you you led us through was was really great. It kind of was able to build. Mm -hmm. And the analogy or the visualization of tuning the radio mm -hmm. was really strong. And I was laughing because like back in the day with my, my climbing friends, we used to say like, you know, you're, you're getting in the car and you're going to go drive out to the wilderness to go climbing. And so we would always joke, like, it's time to tune the dial to send FM, you know? And, and, you know, we were just making, making that as kind of like, we're shifting from like mm -hmm. we're regular people to like, we're going to go be climbers now. But I think there's something really powerful about oh, yeah. T tuning that dial and making that change. 
Yep. And hold on to that because what you did getting into nature, that's also one of the best and the most immediate ways to shift out of monkey mind thinking, get into more of your true self, get grounded, connected, whatever words you'd like to use and stuff, definitely. And if anyone listening or as a follow up to this, if anyone wants, I have a PDF of this all written out. This comes directly from my yoga teacher. So if anybody wants this technique as a PDF, just email me and I'm happy to, to send it to you because this is something um, I did the very first time I started yoga back in 2003. And it's something, especially those first few months, my number, when she said, and she actually uses a scale from one to five. And if your monkey mind is anything like mine, the first time she said that, I was like five. I was like, I'm at five million. Like, are you kidding me? I couldn't for the first six months of my yoga meditation practice, even though there was an immediate feel good mental, spiritual calming. It took me six months to even think I could get on a scale from one to 10, one to five. So this is something I still do pretty much every time I practice yoga and meditation. And especially with all the COVID craziness back in the spring, when everything hits, not only this technique, but a lot of the stuff I'm going to go through, I had to really go back to basics and, you know, take care of myself and work on my monkey mind. Um, and it was actually lovely. I loved the spring and summer to just rediscover um, all this different stuff that it had been maybe 10, 15 years since I'd even looked at because I progressed so much. Um, it's nice to um, come back to it and everything. So if anybody wants that, let me know. So had you heard the term um, monkey mind before, Shane? Do you have any other names uh, for monkey mind? Have you heard anything? I always, before I kind of give some of mine, I like to hear other people. I said in the connection, uh, that tape in your head, that's another name for it too. Have, do you have any other names or heard anything? So I, I have a special specialty in psychological fitness and in there mm -hmm. they call it, they refer to it more like programming you know, oh, listening to the programming yes. yes which also really resonated with me when you're talking about the radio dial so it's kind of like okay you can listen to whatever station you want it's, it's your choice but it depends on like well, what do you want to tune into kind of like we have all these programs going on inside and mm -hmm. you know whether you realize it or not so in psychological fitness they say like just like a computer, you know, you get some software and a couple years later, you may not even know that's still running in the background. Uh, yes. That, and that's what, you know, yoga and meditation still do for me as I get older. Um, I just turned 50 this year. So the physical benefits are now a lovely added, but the reason I started yoga and meditation and why I still continue to do it on a regular basis is for that mind mental. And exactly people spend their whole lives, not even realizing that all this stuff, you know, ha has been put there, has been programmed there, whether it's society or our parents or our family of origin or all that kind of stuff. And that's what meditation does for me. I spend so much of my day, you know, trying to minimize on my computer 
all the programs I have open. And even though they're men, I try to tell people your brain, your monkey mind, even though it's like phantom energy, it's like, even though your lights are off, if they're plugged in, it's still drawing some power. And it's that same kind of thing. Like you have to close out all those programs. You have to turn your computer off. That's what a lot of this stuff we're talking about does. It really does reset um, a lot of that stuff that, like I said, so many people and me before yoga meditation, I didn't even, like I said, I had no idea that there was all this crap, you know, running around in the back of my head, all this negative self talk and just, oh, awful, awful. I mean, you know, most people wouldn't speak to somebody they don't like the way our monkey minds speak to us, let alone, you know, I always, when I'm coaching people, I always like, how would you talk to your children or your dogs or, you know, that's the kind of self-love and self-compassion we're talking about here. So a couple other names for monkey mind that I've heard, like tape in your head, gremlins, oh, demons. I had a, a longer list, but I couldn't find it. So I kind of keep a running list. Trolls, trolls, excuse me, under the bridge, your dark side, your shadow side. And I tell people, Basically, all this junk, all this programming, all this stuff, your monkey mind is like the CEO of all this, your fears, your doubts, your limiting beliefs. It all makes up this junk that, um, like I said, so many people were just so unaware of how it holds us back. And then something I like to, before we move into some of the different techniques um, to, to tame our monkey mind is I always like to ask people, what are you currently doing for stress relief? Again, especially as COVID uh, lingers on and everything. Anything special you want to share, Shane, of what you do for stress relief? I know you talked about uh, uh, you're a um, um, uh, rock climber, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of my big things, as you can see, my background is, you know, nature and going outside. And uh, so <laughs> unfortunately for me, that's been a, uh, a, a, I heard this term a while ago, and I think it's really interesting. It's the first time I've really embraced it. It's like, it's a, it's a positive negative. So I fractured my ankle the day before Thanksgiving because I was like, oh, I'll go climbing every day for five days. It's Thanksgiving break. And so the last few weeks, I've been pretty much even more so uh, in the house. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going for a morning walk. I'm not going out to check the mail. I'm not going climbing in the weekend. Mm. And that restriction was actually really great because there are a number of practices that have kind of fallen off the wayside because I was so, so busy being active. And so I was like, oh, so I was able to reconnect with a lot of these things like using heart math and doing gratitude and those kind of practices. Cool. And now that I've kind of reestablished that, I'm like, oh, well, let's do both. When I heal the ankle, mm -hmm. I'll go back outside. I'll enjoy going for walks. I'll get out in the sunlight mm -hmm. and I'll and continue mm -hmm. these things. So yeah. that's, been the, that's been a big one. Yeah. Absolutely, because that is one of the trappings of our monkey minds. It's very, it thinks the world is very black and white. You either like chocolate 
or you like vanilla and there's nothing in the middle. And one of the great coaching things I love to do is to try to get people out of that way of thinking, even if it's just programming and do a both and, well, you don't have to quit your job and get a full-time job, you could do both and. You don't have to, whatever the, the case may be and stuff. So that's that's a really great thing. And the other thing I encourage you, if um, you wanna learn more about your monkey mind or explore it more, the more you can write, and especially if you're a journaler about what are the things your monkey mind says? How does it make you feel? And or if you're a more visual person, I encourage people to do both and write as much as you can, journal as much as you can, write about its characteristics and also draw. Um, like I said, I have a packet of my monkey mind stuff that I don't know where it went right now, um, but I have a picture that I drew kind of like a kid's finger paint of just, you know, ah, <laughs> what I imagined many years ago my monkey mind is. And now my monkey mind has kind of become more, I'm not sure if you can see this, it's from the Phantom of the Opera, um, and it's the monkey that, you know, plays the cymbals and stuff. Sometimes the cymbals can be annoying, um, and he claps them really fast, but for the most part, it's just a cute you know, thing that needs some, some love and attention sometimes. So the more you can understand your monkey mind, learn to appreciate it, as long as we're human, as long as we're alive, you're, we're going to have a monkey mind. We have not evolved out of it. It comes from our lizard brain. It comes from however long you think we've been around and we were trying to escape woolly mammoths or it, it thinks it's saving your life. At its core, your monkey mind thinks it's saving your life. And that's where all that fear and stuff comes from. So the more you can understand its intentions and what it's all about, and like I said, you can really not only tame your monkey mind, but like a workshop down the line would be, you can befriend it and you can get it to work on your behalf. Cause sometimes, you know, or if nothing else, you can just send your monkey mind on vacation like I do mine regularly. <laughs> all right. Any questions or anything before we go into the breathing exercise? Uh, well, I see there's some questions coming in, but I, I think we'll wait till the end and okay. that sounds good. go into a Q&A yeah. after. So this is going to be another, again, short little thing. Um, again, being a yoga and meditation teacher, um, really quickly, there are eight limbs of yoga and the yoga postures or the asanas that you think of, which is just kind of the gym yoga, the physical yoga, is only one piece of the yoga pie. There are eight slices. And one of the other big slices is meditation. One of the other big slices is pranayama, which just means breathing exercises. Prana is the word for life force. It's your chi, uh, which is the Chinese um, you know, word for energy, force. It's our spirit, our soul. It's what animates us. Um, whatever you you want to call it and stuff. So pranayama exercises are a core component um, in my yoga and meditation, in my tradition of yoga. Um, you have a list um, on the handout of the resources where a lot of my training and information comes from. So much of it comes from the Himalayan Institute 
which is my tradition of yoga, where my teacher was trained. I've been there for many workshops, the healing art of meditation, um, all that good stuff. Um, and there's a great link there, um, it, especially for anybody who thinks yoga is mostly physical, is mostly the postures. There's actually great um, joints and glands exercises that is all yoga and the breathing exercises. If you are restrained, I've done a lot of teaching um, with chair yoga. So that's always a great place to start. And the Himalaya Institute are the ones who publish um, Yoga International. They've had that magazine oh gosh, 20, 30 years. Um, and it's a great magazine. And a lot of the things we're going to go into next, where there's scientific proof that meditation and other stuff actually works. A lot of that stuff is published in the Himalaya Institute. It's too much now. They used to publish full studies 10, 15 years ago. Now, thankfully, there's too many. There were too many for even me to list just in the last six months that have come out about how meditation changes your brain chemistry, how getting in nature and having a dog, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and then I put a link to the YouTube channel for my yoga teacher, Yoga Betsy. If anyone's looking for a great, gentle Hatha yoga, which is, um, again, using those eight limbs of yoga that does the postures and the breathing that's kind and gentle and restorative and relaxing. Um, her uh, yoga practice that I learned from her at the very beginning is still makes up the core and I watch these videos regularly. Um, the other one is the Olean Meditation Center. That's also where um, Yoga Betsy is located in Western New York. And I've taken tons of workshops um, from them as well. And they've got a great weekly meditation that they publish on Facebook. So that's great if you just want to focus on the meditation part. And then I put the link for Coach for Life, which again is my uh, coach training program. They're the certified um, program with the International Coach Federation. And they've got, like I said, tons of great stuff on mindful. And that's really where I started to kind of put, you know, a lot of this yoga and meditation into my um, daily life. So if you want to go ahead and you can, I'm inviting you if you'd like to turn off your video and we're just going to do a little couple of minutes of breathing because one of the best ways after closing your eyes, again, I invite you to close your eyes anytime you want to start to decompress, start to relax. Closing your eyes really um, starts to block out all that input that's coming into our monkey minds that it wants to make so many judgments about what it sees, what it thinks it sees. So, um, and there's lots of scientific evidence why, for example, eyewitness testimony is not allowed in so many courtrooms across the country because you can give 10 people of various um, ethnic and, and um, economic and social backgrounds, and they will see 10 different things. Um, so we really get a lot of misinformation from our eyes and the judgments that the monkey mind makes. So just closing your eyes and stopping through various times throughout the day, even if you don't do any breathing exercises, even if you don't do that technique to shut down your uh, and turn down your monkey mind, just closing your eyes is wonderful. 
And now I'm going to teach you what for the longest time I just called yoga breathing um, and being a singer and other stuff. When I was younger, I understood diaphragmatic breathing. But if you're like most people, um, once we hit um, a year or two of age, we breathe backwards and we don't breathe properly. And part of why um, in the East, they believe we get so sick and the word dis-ease and other stuff comes from is because we've been stress breathing and not getting full oxygen for 40, 50, 60 years. That's why a lot of stuff um, can show up uh, in middle age. Um, because that uh, not breathing properly and all that stress and other stuff, not leading healthy and et cetera, it compounds itself. So this is called diaphragmatic breathing. And if you're familiar with your diaphragm, it's a flat muscle that sits just at the base of your lungs. And if you've ever watched a baby sleep or you have a pet, a cat or a dog, when they breathe in, their stomach, their chest expands to take all that good oxygen, CO2 in. And that's what I want you to really concentrate on is when you breathe in, if you can do this all through your nose, that's better. Closing your mouth also stops that stress breathing. So, but if you are plugged up or other stuff, just breathe however is comfortable. But if you're able to close your mouth and just breathe in and out through your nose, and as you inhale, you're gonna keep your shoulders down and you're gonna expand and push out your stomach and push out that diaphragm and really fill up your lungs as much as you can. And as you exhale, you're going to scrunch in your stomach, you're going to contract your diaphragm, and you're going to push out, again, if you can, just through your nose, you're going to push out as much of the carbon dioxide um, as you can. And each time you breathe in, if you can just make that deeper and fuller, and when you get to kind of that edge of... I don't think I can breathe in anymore. See if you can't take one last to really, again, fill up those lungs. The Because so many people spend so much of their time shallow breathing, there's a good 10, 20, 50, 40, 50% of carbon dioxide that sits at the bottom of our lungs, just above where our rib cage um, um, ends and we never get that full exchange of energy and oxygen. And again, the same thing when you exhale and breathe out through your nose and really contract your lungs and, and, and pull in your stomach and contract your, uh, constrict your diaphragm, if you can push out and when you get to that very end where you think, I can't breathe out anymore, I have to take a breath in, I encourage you again to try to push out that, imagine that last 10, 20% at the bottom of your lungs that just sits there and never fully gets exchanged and see if you can't do one more and push out that junk energy and then take a nice full breath in 
expanding the diaphragm and again really filling up if you can visualize like I said that bottom part of your lungs and really imagining them nice and pink and happy with all that oxygen coming in. Now I could keep doing this for hours and have done it <laughs> through various meditations but I will invite you to open your eyes back up and come back and turn on your video if you'd like. Um, uh, and again, there are so many of these pranayama breathing exercises that you can do. Um, and even if you just do what we did now for five, 10 minutes every day, um, uh, even before I started yoga and meditation, I read um, Dr. Weil's spontaneous healing book way back in the 90s. Um, and this is what he, every patient that comes to him, and he's a Harvard trained um, medical doctor, but he has spent a lot of time in Latin America with shaman and tries to really incorporate that Eastern energy, philosophy, um, acupuncture, acupressure, all that kind of stuff with our Western medicine. And to this day, I saw him a few years ago, he's from the area um, when he was promoting his healthy aging book, he still is teaching this basic breathing and he's got a great 2D, two CD set uh, of all these different breathing exercises. My favorite is there's an alternate nostril. If anyone has ever taken a yoga class, you maybe have done that where you close off one side, breathe, close off another. It really helps you get in tune with your right side energy and your left side energy. Cause usually even if you aren't feeling stuffy, one side of your nose at various points throughout the day will be stronger than the other. Um, so there's just, you know, that's just a little taste of breathing exercises. But sometimes, like, especially when COVID hit back in the spring and I, I couldn't, you know, meditate like I would have liked to and other stuff and the middle of the day, it just got to be too much. I get in my meditation position and I would just do these breathing if nothing else. And even five, 10 minutes of this a day can make a huge difference. Like I said, Dr. Weil is one of the people um, here in the West who talks about, you know, the reason so many people get so sick, cancer, whatever it is, he believes and, and, and Eastern philosophy believes a lot of it is just 40, 50 years of not breathing properly catching up with you. So I'll just throw that out there, whether you <laughs> want to check that out or not. Any thoughts or anything on that, Shane, before we get into a couple of the, the nitty gritty ones? Yeah, I can second that my breath training is from a completely different perspective because I took it through Strong First, which is the same place where I get my like kettlebell certifications. And so it's much more uh, kind of like a sport or um, physical fitness oriented, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but a lot, they talk a lot about using breath to reset and to mm -hmm. go either to, to get someone into an excited state to like prep for, mm -hmm. you know, doing something, especially with athletes who are like going on and off the field When they go off the field. They're just like sitting around, you know, and you can use your breath to, prepare you to then go out on the field and like in and immediately get back in without having to do all this running around and making yourself mm -hmm. tired. But then the opposite is also true. Like 
learning how to use the breath to calm down and reset and slow everything down. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of those connotations, which you can say, well, I'm not on the field, I'm not an athlete, but I can still calm down because I'm in a conference room and somebody said something to make me react or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of kind of uh, parallel versions to some of the things you talked about that are super helpful. Absolutely. And I tend to focus on, and I personally, with my yoga meditation, need more of the calming breath, the relaxing. Again, that's why I came to yoga and meditation for that mental relaxation and why I still do it. But there are tons and they're on, you know, uh, any good pranayama like Dr. Wiles, you know, to a CD on breathing. He'll also have several. There's fire breath. There's breathing that you do in Bikram yoga and Ashtanga, which is power. So absolutely. There are probably just as many um, breathing exercises to um, move the energy um, up as it does to calm it down. That's the, you know, that's the thing I love, I love about breathing and in the ingenious makeup of the human body, it's the only um, involuntary thing that we can also make voluntary. Like if I wanted to control my digestion and speed up my metabolism, there's nothing I can do about it. I can't, I can't, I mean, I can tell my stomach, okay, let's burn more fat, but I have no control over it. Same with my heart. You know, if I want my heart to beat faster or slower or, you know, whatever, there's training you can do, but I can't right now tell my heart beat faster, beat slower, but breathing, if you don't think about it, your body involuntarily breathes and keeps your body running. But if you want to focus in on it, so it's, it's the only um, uh, bodily, you know, function that we can also control. So it's, like I said, it's fascinating. And there's so much, not just in yoga and meditation, but Eastern philosophy in general and Ch traditional Chinese medicine that, you know, talks about, it's a great rabbit hole if you want to go, <laughs> go down and everything. Now, I'm just going to go through quickly some of these things to turn down your monkey mind and different tools and techniques. Um, all of these are backed by science, scientific studies for 10, 20, 30 years. A lot of them have had a lot of studies just since COVID started. Too many for me to put here, but you do your own research um, and, and check that out and everything. So in addition to the yoga postures, the asanas, the breathing, the pranayama, the meditation, that kind of stuff, here are the things that I do. I try to do as many a day. Sometimes I get to all of them, sometimes not, um, and uh, to change your energy. And again, like I said, like a lot of the stuff since COVID started in the spring, I have gone back to these basics. Again, there are things... I was doing before COVID, but especially since COVID, and as I'm much better now this fall, winter, but by spring, summer, I had to go back to basics and, and, and redo um, a lot of these things too. So it, it's not something, you know, as I tell people, you have to practice meditation every day. It's like brushing your teeth and sleeping. It, it's not a one-time like, oh, I did that. I slept eight hours. 
now I'm done forever. No, it, it's a practice. So these are all things I walk the, the walk as well. So um, I talked a little bit about having paper handy for your monkey mind if you need to purge. I'm not sure if you're aware of um, um, uh, The Artist's Way, uh, Julie Cameron. I loved that book. And one of the things I still do from that is she recommends five minutes when you first get up morning pages where you just stream of consciousness purge. I mean, basically you are just crapping. You are getting all this junk energy out on the pages. A lot of writers talk about how therapeutic writing is. If you're a journaler, um, that kind of stuff. And then the other thing I put with that, because I've gone back to actually writing it out is practicing gratitude before Oprah had found her. Um, I had discovered Sarah Van Braunis, um, gratitude journal. Um, and I still have my original one and I've gone back to it since COVID and writing it down. I had before coronavirus, um, you know, before I would go to bed, when I would meditate in the evenings, I would practice gratitude, but I gotten away from actually writing it down. Again, the power, there's so many studies that have been done about the power of having a vision board and seeing things and writing out your goals and writing out your intentions. So the more uh, of your senses that you can do, whether it's writing, whether it's drawing, whether it's physical, um, but practicing gratitude. And again, there's a ton of studies about how beneficial it is to us physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, one of the other people in the Solo Biz Academy with me um, and Bijal uh, Shane has a great book about how practicing gratitude and actually writing thank you notes, like, saved his business. Um, so there's a lot of, like I said, practical um, stuff on gratitude as well. Um, I kind of give it away here and B, but without maybe looking at it, Shane, do you know what is still scientifically almost every year comes out as the best form of exercise? I'd have to guess and I didn't look, so I don't know. Okay, so good. yeah, I'm psyched to find out though. Good. What would you guess? Well, I, I would say it's probably walking. It is. Even oh, okay. though cross-training and hiking and your rock climbing, all that stuff is, of course, great. But I'm amazed. And this has been, oh, gosh, for at least the last 10, 20, if not longer. But they have scientifically measured, and there are studies that are always coming out about the best form of exercise, especially as we age, and walking still, I saw one right before coronavirus, and there have been a few since then. Walking is still the best. Do you know what the second one is? Did you look at your list? Because it's on there too, but that's okay. Do you know what the second best is for overall? Gardening. And that comes in as well. So, um, and for those of us who are, you know, especially with it turning into winter and we're still in a lot, of, a lot of us are going back into lockdown and that kind of stuff who are thinking, well, I can't do this two stories. And there've been so many more, but two stories that I would talk about when I gave this, when Corona first started, there was a man in France who had a six foot, you know, lived in, I'm assuming Paris, um, who had the typical like six foot balcony, you know, not quite the Juliet, but no big patio. He ran a marathon 
every week just on his six foot balcony. So if you think you can't walk wherever you are, he did. And then there was another one about a man who had a regular suburban type backyard. So not huge, but you know, um, like a postage stamp. And he would run a marathon most weeks as well, just in his backyard when we were first initially under, um, you know, lockdown and stuff. So you can always find ways and places to walk. Um, the other um, uh, thing that you can do to instantly change your energy, get out of that monkey mind thinking is get is nature is to use nature. If you can physically get into nature, even just stepping outside, even if you live in a city, just stepping outside, taking some breathing, you know, exercises, standing in the sun, whatever you want to do. And there's actually been, you don't even have to actually get into nature, although that's the best, but even just looking at pictures of nature. There was a study a few years ago in uh, the Pacific Northwest, either um, Oregon or Washington at, um, well, it started at one prison, but they ended up expanding it. Just having, changing the TVs in the workout rooms at a male prison to change, uh, to show nature scenes, decreased the um, amount of fighting. Just so you don't even have to physically be in nature. That's of course better, but even just looking at pictures or putting something on your screen can still um, have that effect. And there've been tons of studies. In the last couple of years, I've seen a Japanese study and a um, Scandinavian study where we think our monkey mind thinks, oh, if I can't walk, you know, 10 miles a day or I can't get outside for an hour, I'm not going to do it. That's not true. The, the Japanese and the Scandinavian study, it ends up being like 180 minutes for like a week. So it's like less than 20, 30 minutes a day can have huge you know, therapeutic benefits. Again, do your own research. There are all different kinds of, um, you know, things about it. And if you can't get into nature, the next best thing is to watch it. So much so that they ended up painting a lot of the prison green and bringing in more of that nature because they would get the men would be asking even after their workout time ended, like if they'd want, they were on good behavior and they had extra time, almost all of them would say, can I just stay here and watch the nature on TV? Because Even if they weren't aware of it, uh, it was having that calming effect. So the healing power of nature, ugh, I can't say enough about that. And the next one is any kind of, I've heard, I've seen more studies around dog therapy, but really any animal, um, you know, there are so many studies that talk about, you know, if you own a pet, especially a dog, you're likely to live longer. They reduce your blood pressure. It increases your cortisol, which is that feel good, you know, that new moms get that loving um, thing that just, again, instantly, as I, as I call my dogs, you know, they're just, and, and children, they're just natural Prozac, you know, they're just is a, and they're so good at being in that present moment, um, that, you know, is, uh, is so counter and so good at countering the monkey mind because the monkey mind is never in the present moment. It is equally stressed out about what's going to happen in the future 
and it is equally worried and and anxious about what's happened in the past. <laughs> and there's a great Eastern saying, which I'm going to probably sadly totally butcher, but if you have one foot in the past and one foot in the future, you're kind of crapping on the present. So part of what I love about yoga and meditation in general is so much of it is focused on the here and now. And the more you can do that, and man, animals, horse therapy, nature, I mean, those are just key to, to snap us out of you know, worrying about how we're going to pay the bills tomorrow and stressed about what we did yesterday or 10 years ago or 50 years ago or whatever. And then the other one thing I wanted to bring up is to make time for laughter. And you literally have to make time. Every day I try, if nothing else, to watch a, a few cute, funny, short um, YouTube clips and make time for that laughter because some, um, I just read a new study or something in the last couple of weeks about smiling has as much of an effect. Um, it's like eating several thousand calories of chocolate, like the endorphins. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was, um, but it was like a smile and smiling and the energy that that you know, it's hard to do, I know now with masks and stuff, but even that, even if you're smiling behind your mask, like you're still that energy. Um, so like I said, and, and, it, and there are days where it, like practicing gratitude, I'm like, I don't want to freaking laugh and I am not grateful for anything. And those are the days I really have to, you know, force myself. I have a, in case of emergency, you know, break glass and, and watch these videos or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and there is an actual laughter yoga. I've done some here in Tucson. There's a big contingency up in Phoenix. It's a huge thing in India. Um, there's huge societies all over. Um, again, like the diaphragmatic breathing, you know, when you've, um, you know, watched a really funny movie or if you like comedy and you watch a stand-up special, you know, it happens after I watch South Park, like my sides hurt, you know, from laughing. That's because you've really worked those diaphragmatic muscles. Um, so that the laughter yoga that comes from India, again, it's, it's all around that really using those diaphragmatic muscles to ha ha ha. I mean, there's all these great exercises. So if that's something you're interested in, I encourage you to check it out because it's funny just to watch, if nothing else, this ha, 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 all these different exercises. Um, so again, the more you can make time for laughter, especially if you're in that monkey mind downward spiral, like I said, it can instantaneously um, take you away. Oh, and I meant to eat, I need to add an F. The other best thing to change that energy to get you out of your monkey mind thinking is music. And this is universal. Um, you know, you, it takes you back to a memory. It makes you happy. You sing along, whether you can sing or can't sing, whether you speak the language or not, it doesn't matter. Music is really universal. And again, there is tons of research 
Um, I know like when I was in college and, and when I was teaching, um, you know, I used to play classical music for the kids and there is, there's this whole Mozart effect in music, um, uh, of how, again, different types of music, um, can change our, our brain chemistry, um, and, you know, for different feelings and emotions, of course, you know, we all have playlists for, you know, if I'm pissed off, you know, some Metallica, you know, and if I'm feeling peaceful, you know, there's some yoga, um, satsang, you know, and then there's everything in the middle, um, you know, and part of what I love about the season right now is, you know, all the Christmas music, um, it's hard not to, you know, sing along and, and that kind of stuff. So that's would be, I forgot to add F, um, for, uh, and again, there's tons of scientific research out there on the power of music. In fact, one of the best things I love, um, I lost my dad a few years ago to um, Alzheimer's. And it was right before we kind of knew a lot about it. And in my family, we were still, you know, my mom was like, well, he has a little short-term memory loss. Um, but there's been some great research that has come out in the last few years since we lost him around the power of music. And there's a couple of great documentaries on, um, uh, uh, different nursing homes playing different kinds of music. And again, what it does, even if you, you know, don't know your children's name, but you play them a song, man, it takes, so there's some great, um, you know, research on the power of music for lots of different things. There's research on, you know, playing music for babies when they're in the womb. And so it, it, it uh, you know, um, goes the spectrum from in utero to, you know, at the end of, of life and stuff. Anything, any questions on that, Shane, or anything you want to add? Uh, I've never heard of the laughing yoga, so I definitely want to look that up. That sounds it's amazing. It's so great. Like I said, um, I did it a couple of times here in Tucson back in the day when we didn't have to socially distance. And you basically stand around in like a big hug circle and you do these huge like, <gasps> ha, 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 again, to the point where, you know, your, your uh, diaphragm is going to get a workout. I mean, you feel like, um, you know, you've done a hundred sit-ups or something. Yeah, and I can see too, because you know, it's it's too bad we can't go to, I, we love going to movies and, and that shared experience, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, the, that laughter is like infectious. So, you know, somebody starts laughing and then you're laughing and then they're laughing harder because now you're laughing. And then, so I, I can see how it would be kind of infectious and really fun and a lot of releasing mm -hmm. as well. I'm not sure if you can do this in Nevada, but we do this with my family over Thanksgiving. You can actually rent out, I think it was like 150 bucks, a movie theater for like you and your wife and your fam, you know, like people that you're socially distancing with, or, you know, like we all got COVID tests and stuff like that, but there are, so you can't do a movie theater with strangers. Um, but I, we, so we watched um, Christmas Vacation, which... Again, that's just laughter 
all right there on the big screen and we rented out the movie theater. So I'm not sure if that's an option where you live or if you have a group of friends, you know, or family that, you know, you're socially distancing with, but um, we did that and that was, that was so much fun and everything. And then just, um, I'm just going to touch on eight because this is really where we as coaches, um, you know, can excel. But so we've got the monkey mind and all the stuff we talked about. Your, the monkey mind, again, sits at the CEO table and you've got your fears and doubts and limiting beliefs and your demons and your gremlins and all this crap around the table. And your monkey mind is the CEO at Honcho. So to counter that, in yoga, we call it your wisdom mind. Um, in life coaching, especially with my Coach for Life training, it's a spiritually-based program. It's part of why I picked it. They were the only and original spiritually-based program back in 2004. Um, they call it your true self. You can call it your spirit. You can call it your soul. But this is where your, your values, your um, natural gifts and strengths, your life purpose, um, uh, like I said, your uh, spirit, your soul, whatever you want to call it, or like your monkey mind, if you have a, a name for it, my true self, um, I like to call it spirit guide. Um that's really the best, you know, one of the best ways to counter understanding first the nature of your monkey mind and what do you call it and what does it look like and how does it act? And you pull back the curtain and you replace it with your true self, your spirit, your wisdom mind, whatever you'd like to call it. And anyone listening to this call, um, Coach for Life, we have a great mini foundation session um, that I'm happy to offer to anybody, um, you know, where we, you can start to get a really good idea of your core values, your life purpose, your natural gifts and talents. Cause I'm always, uh, because it was such a core, uh, for my coach training and I've been doing it from the beginning, I'm always a little shocked and saddened when I meet coaches and they haven't done a lot of values work or life purpose. Cause, Oh, that's my jam. If I could just help everybody, you know, uncover their core values and, and a little bit and understand a little bit more of their life purpose. I mean, the world would just be such a better place if, if, you know, we could start to understand that stuff. Scene one, Apple take one. Hi, I'm Shane Borza, your content creator coach. I have two books on filmmaking, Film Notes, where you learn to write, direct, and produce, and the Film Notes Workbook, where you can learn checklists and paperwork to streamline creating your content. Available at shaneborza.com. I also have filmmaker resources like the Paperwork Bundle with over 300 documents, the Sound Effects Bundle with almost 3,000 files, and the Music Bundle featuring 900 tracks of all genres. Want to build your professional credits? Become an associate producer and get listed on IMDb. Let me help you get your art out into the world. Scene one, Apple, take one. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Solve Network. As a reminder, these calls are held live on the first and third Thursday of each month. If you'd like to join us as either a listener or guest expert, please contact me at shaneborza.com. On behalf of my co-founder, Benjamin Goss, we're glad you are a part of the network and hope you are finding solutions.
If you need solutions, please reach out.